Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bad Yogi Podcast with me, Erin Motz. Today's episode is really cool because it's actually a bit of an interactive episode, which is my very favorite kind. So first question for you is, have you ever heard of a sound bath? Yeah, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but these are all over the wellness world right now, and I was curious. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry. I'm going to play you a little bit of a sample in a minute. Today, I'm talking with Sarah Oster, sound therapist and meditation teacher. She's a game changer in this industry, using a holistic approach to well-being with the transformative power of music and sound, her carefully crafted experiences allow sound to be used as a tool to access meditative states, support self-inquiry, cultivate deep relaxation, and inspire meaningful connection and change. When she was 23, Sarah was working full-time as an artist and musician in her New York City studio when the floor collapsed, leaving her back broken in four places and temporarily paralyzed. Her physicians at the time told Sarah that she would live a life full of chronic pain, limited mobility, and prescription drugs. And this diagnosis led Sarah to embark on a journey of recovery from physical and emotional trauma. And by way of this healing process, she created a uniquely approachable method based on over a decade of study in psychoacoustics, yoga and meditation, and a lifetime of experience in music and art. She's been invited to speak about mindfulness and sound for companies like Google, Microsoft, and American Express. Her work has been featured in global media outlets, including the New York Times, Time Magazine, Vice, Quartz, Billboard Magazine, and she was named a top meditation teacher by Oprah Magazine in 2016. Through sound baths, sound meditation, community events, education, and corporate mindfulness training, Sarah facilitates mindful and immersive experiences that allow participants access to improved focus, expansive creativity, and deep human connection through listening. Now, before we jump into our talk, I wanted to preview some of Sarah's work. So here's a little snippet of one of her sound baths. And before I press play, I want you to get comfortable, close your eyes. It's just a couple minutes long because like I said, it's a sample. But to really experience this, I want you to put away distraction for a moment. Close your eyes, be fully present. Here we go.
Ah, let that sink in for a moment. So, so good. I know, I know. Now, pause me if you need to, just sort of take another moment. But otherwise, I will let Sarah take it from here. Sarah Oster, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. How are you today? Um, I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I've got to hit you with a softball question first. Tell me, <laughs> how do you start your day? Do you like sound bathe yourself? <laughs> uh, sometimes. No, I, I usually, um, <laughs> I wake up. The, the first thing I do is sit for meditation after a little bit of, a, of an asana yoga practice. And, you know, after that, it's, uh, it's pretty varied depending on what city I'm in, uh, if I'm home or in a hotel room or something like that. So that, that's, that's generally the start. Nice. And actually that brings me to a question. Do you tra- when you travel, do you bring like your, all your equipment with you, those bowls and everything? Uh, yes. Well, I, I always travel with instruments when I'm facilitating sound experiences and I have a little bit of a different setup for traveling in particular when I'm getting on an airplane or traveling internationally versus facilitating locally. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like kind of a logistical nightmare to travel with these heavy stone instruments. I mean, that's just a random thing I never thought about, but because I've seen your pictures and (laughs) they're beautiful. I mean, I would want to bring them everywhere, but I can only imagine TSA is probably like, um, what do we have going on in this suitcase here? Right. And as a, as a yogi, you probably understand that sometimes it appears to be effortless, but there are a lot of steps taken and a lot of work to do to, to, to get to that effortless moment that's captured. Oh gosh, so much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, now, I, before we started recording, I mentioned how people actually, so many people have no idea what a sound bath is and you call yourself a sound therapist. So what is a sound bath and can you explain how you use sound as therapy? Yes. So my sort of a little bit dry and textbook definition of a sound bath is this. A sound bath is a meditative event where sound is used intentionally to invite therapeutic and restorative effects. So all that to say, it's really a practice of deep listening. And what I often like to say is that meditation is involved in the conversation, that if meditating is climbing the stairs, then a sound bath is taking the elevator. Mm. (laughs) That's a very poetic uh, way of saying it. So yeah, I use sound as a therapeutic tool to help people access self-inquiry, um just connection in, in internally as well as externally, as well as facilitating uh, healing, transformation, and change to go to the, the, the broader benefits. Makes sense. Yeah. And I'm curious, how did you even get into this work to begin with? Is this something you've done forever or was it in your childhood? Yeah, I love that question. Because, yes, it's something that I've done forever uh, in, in one form or another. I, I have always been an artist and a musician. And after I 
I suffered from a pretty traumatic accident and injury that sort of led me into the world of, of yoga and quote unquote alternative uh, modalities of, of healing and, and self-care. And then my, my work as it looks now was a slow um, integration of my my journey is becoming a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. I was a massage therapist, um, a Reiki master. I studied psychoacoustics, which is how sound affects the brain. And so what I offer now is really a combination of all of those different paths of study and learning. It honestly... To me, what I thought a sound bath was, was very much like, oh, it's just, it's just a meditation. It's like another way to meditate. But the way you talk about it actually makes it sound like a totally different practice. Is that right? Or is it basically meditation? It's it's meditation plus. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. It, it really depends. I mean, nowadays, there are a lot of different interpretations of, quote, sound bath a lot of different kinds of instruments that are being used. And so what I facilitate, the experiences that I facilitate, really have a, a root of, of deep listening. And ultimately, are people trying to get to the same end as they would in meditation, right? Is it a tool to get you to maybe a more enlightened state? Or is it really more introspective than that? So I believe that every person has a very uniquely different relationship to sound. And so what's important to me is that people don't arrive with a very particular expectation of what's supposed to happen, which is very similar, you know, in a yogi's yogi's journey is not to get caught up with my pose has to look like her pose, um, but more your own relationship and your own experience through through the process. So I, I usually request that people come with an open mind. And I believe that anything that turns up during a sound experience, whether it's live or recorded, is is what's meant for that individual. Okay, so then if <laughs> what if you fall asleep? Because I'm sure that has happened before. And then are you still going to get benefits if you're like, if you just knock out, you know, a couple minutes in? Right. I love this question. I get asked this question all the time. And I will jokingly say, oh, if you fall asleep, then you're bad at sound baths. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, that's definitely, it's not true. If you fall asleep during a sound bath, it just means that you're tired. And if you're able to sleep and, and you're tired, then that's really a great thing in, in my eyes. So you're just, you're just having a different kind of experience. You're essentially getting the rest that, that your body needed, but it's a different sort of experience uh, neurologically and, your, and mentally. Okay. Yeah. And another question that came up, which I thought was kind of interesting was, what if someone come like could this still be beneficial for someone who has hearing loss wow this this is a great question uh, <laughs> sorry if i say that a bunch of times you're asking great questions uh, and yes in fact most recently i and this is such a crazy coincidence i had two people 
in in one sounds experience that were both uh, completely completely deaf in one ear, and they perceived during the sound experience that they were hearing through both ears for the first time. Whoa. It's something I am uh, working on exploring, but we can get back to that at a, at a later date. Uh, but you can, a, a person who's, who is hearing impaired can definitely feel the vibrations of the sound and, and of the instruments, just as if you were standing next to a giant speaker at a concert and you feel the bass in your chest, something, something along those lines. So mm, yeah, yes, there are different kinds of benefits um, that you can experience if you're hearing impaired. Good time to introduce you to one of our show sponsors, The Citizenry. Ever since we moved to France, I've tried to choose wisely with the new things that I buy for our home. I try to avoid mass-produced furniture and other decorative things that I don't even care about, but just exist to fill my space. One place I love for high-quality home decor stuff that also tells a story is The Citizenry. They have a huge collection of globally-inspired home goods that are gorgeous and functional. They partner with artisans from over a dozen countries to create unique collections from each country. It's all fair trade and leaves a lasting positive impact within each artisan community. Personally, I am obsessed with their pottery for indoor plants and vases for flowers because they give off all the Pinterest living room vibes of my dreams. You know what I mean? So consider this a belated housewarming gift. For your first order, The Citizenry is offering you a $50 gift voucher toward your purchase over $200. Just go to citizenrypodcast.com slash yogi today and use promo code yogi to redeem this offer, which is just for podcast listeners. That's Code Yogi at citizenrypodcast.com slash yogi for $50 towards your purchase of $200 or more. Citizenrypodcast.com slash yogi, code yogi. And back to our show. Absolutely. A very unelegant comparison would be like, I have a, actually somebody that works with us, one of her dogs is completely deaf. And, but, but rather, if she yells really loud, the dog will come because a there's other, oddly enough, there's other senses that pick up on sound that are not just your ears. So I guess it's kind of, we, we work the same way, ultimately. Yeah, 100%. You can definitely feel sound. And I would invite you and anyone who's listening to sort of explore that in your in your day-to-day life, you know, maybe when a, when a siren goes by or, you know, when you're listening to music rather than thinking about just listening with your ears, how you can, you can really have a full body listening experience. And so that actually makes me think of something else too, because you work with sound in this kind of a setting, do you feel like you have a relationship with sound in the real world that is different than anybody else? Even how you (laughs) mentioned, oh, notice when a siren goes by where you feel that that is not a thought I would have ever had in my life. But when you say it, I'm like, oh, well, maybe maybe I will think about this. So how do you experience sound in your daily life? Is it normal like normal people or do you have a different relationship? Um, yeah, you know, I keep bringing yoga back into the conversation, but, you know, yogis have this saying, both on and off the mat, right? You've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. You've said that of one before. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, I, I believe that, that these types of practices are things that extend well beyond the moments when we feel like we're actually fully engaging in the practice. Um, and they, the, the benefits and the awareness really permeates into all different parts of our, of our lives. So, you know, I'm not going to give myself a medal and say that I'm a better listener. I have the best relationship with sound, uh, but I, I'm definitely probably much more sensitive to it and much more aware than, than the average person for sure. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And where do you find inspiration to create your experiences? Just do you do it all in the moment or do you plan ahead? You know, is it like a choreography? choreography like you would in a yoga class or is it more off the cuff? Actually, that's a good example similarly to uh, the sequence of a yoga class or even um, like jazz music, for instance. So you have a little bit of structure. You have a sense of the of the materials being presented, you have a sense of the instrument you're you're playing, but the exact moment might call for something different. So it's important to you know adapt to the space and to the environment and what's needed. It's a little bit of a combination. Every every time is every time is is different for sure. I could see that. So I was wondering too, I could see perhaps, you know, of course I I did a lot of Googling about this before our chat (laughs) and I saw a couple experiences or people who wrote about their experiences as like having been terrible, which really surprised me because my own experience with this kind of sound has been just glorious and relaxing and, and wonderful. So to people that have a negative experience, I mean, what is that about? Is that just how they interpreted it? Or could you get a bad teacher? Or I mean, how can you have a bad experience, I guess, is my question. Right. So whenever there's a human being facilitating an experience for you, if that person, there's a lot of variables for that. If that person is not knowledgeable of the subject, if that person is knowledgeable of the subject, but you just don't resonate with them, you don't like what, what they're saying, they're not speaking to you, you know, you, you might not have a good experience. There is, there is a lot that goes into um, being able to, to lead a group of people and to hold space for a group of people. So it's not just about buying the instruments and then gathering a bunch of people and and knowing how to how to hold that space. And what's really funny is I you know I've been I've, I've been I've been featured quite a bit in articles about sound baths and and often they're written by somebody who has had one experience of sound or two experiences of sound and they say, you know, the title might even be like, I tried a sound bath and it sucked or it was terrible and it was the worst thing of my life. Right. And it's like, to me, that's like saying, you know, I, I had lunch one time and I, you know, lunch is not for me. Right. (laughs) Like how do you, it's, it's, it's so, it's such a broad and, and, and general statement, you know, to, 
to make. And I think with any sort of offering like this, it's very unique to the individual um, who is facilitating. So what I say to people who are curious, who haven't tried sound baths or they've tried it and they've hated it is, you know, have an open mind, try it a couple times. And if you still don't like it, you know, try something else. Be, you know, be, be open-minded and, and be open to, to exploring. Absolutely. And do your research. Sorry. (laughs) No, please. I know. Well, actually this leads to my next question because like I said, I follow you on Instagram and the other day you posted something interesting in your stories. So I'm definitely going to paraphrase here. Correct me if any of what I say is wrong, but I think you, you mentioned a magazine or someone online who said something like, Oh, um, you'll get all the benefits of a sound bath. If you go to a yoga class where the teacher uses some singing bowls and essentially you said like, absolutely not that you need to go with someone, go to someone who's qualified. And I totally believe you, but I was very curious to hear what does it mean for someone to be qualified in this? And how do you know if they are like, what's the difference between somebody just using a singing bowl and somebody who really knows what they're doing? Right. Um, so, so right now there isn't much, if, if any regulation, around what certifies somebody to to facilitate these types of experiences for people. And I guess, you know, similarly to the trajectory of yoga in the West, where, you know, initially to become a yoga teacher, uh, you need to be a student for several years uh, before the teacher looks at you and says, okay, you're ready, come up here and, you know, teach one posture, you know, you, you embody the practice. So now you understand. And the 200 hour yoga teacher training is, uh, it's a completely, you know, Western thing that we created because we like things to happen very quickly uh, in America. So I, you know, I would even go so far as to say, you know, doing a 200 hour yoga teacher training also doesn't really make you a qualified yoga teacher. Yes. I agree. Or even a 500 hour yoga teacher. I mean, you yeah. really have to have an understanding of how something affects you and how you relate to it before you can bring that to somebody else. And, and one of my greatest teachers used to say this all the time is that you just can't take somebody somewhere you haven't been before. Mm, Yes, that is very, very well said. And so what happens when you try to do that is then a lot of ego is involved. And when ego comes into the equation, uh, people might feel like slimed in a healing experience, I like to call it, <laughs> you know, when somebody is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to put this crystal on your head and fix, <laughs> fix your third eye chakra or something. And don't, don't get me wrong. I don't put down the, the, the chakra system. I'm just sure. saying um, for anybody to think that they are doing something uh, to somebody else is, is really misguiding in this, in this world and field of working with the subtle body and with energy. So a hundred percent. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and with that said, then then it does sound like with somebody who does know what they're doing, who speaks that language, I guess is really what it is. Um, is it possible to experience 
any kind of healing then in sound baths? Kind of what it sounds like that's a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. Definitely one of the intentions um, is setting up the conditions for healing. And, you know, if we could talk about that in, in turn, in, in scientific terms to say that when we have the ability to downshift in our nervous systems, when we can downshift to parasympathetic, when we can slow down the, our, our heart rate and, and, and breath, um, that's the optimal conditions for the body to heal itself. And that's what's happening in meditation and in a sound, one of my sound experiences. That is, sounds amazing. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> um, and that's good to know, I think, because just like with, like you said, any other practice, whether it's yoga or meditation, it can take a few tries before you land on that person or that experience that really resonates with you. And I think it's good for people to remember that because like you said, you try one and it might not work, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. It just means you need to shop around a little bit. <laughs> Maybe visit Sarah. <laughs> or but, listen listen to one of my recordings first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so that's another thing too. Can people get the same kind of healing, powerful experience if they're hearing it in their living room from the speaker versus being there in person? I never say the same, but... It can be because you said, can people have the same experience? So it won't be the it won't be the same, but it will be similar, and you can have a, a powerful experience and receive benefits from recordings. Yes. What's interesting is that last night in preparation for our chat, I actually turned on um, your SoundCloud account or your, your, your playlist there to just sort of experience it before I went to bed. And I actually put it on so that I could read while I was kind of winding down. And it was kind of funny because I, I actually found myself not being able to ignore it. Like it is not the same as background music, which surprised me. I thought it was just going to be like on and it, it would just kind of be there. But I found myself actively wanting to listen and kind of like maybe subconsciously, I knew that there was something else there. And I don't know, am I crazy or is that actually how it's supposed to be experienced? Like it's not a background thing. It's an active participation thing. Yes, I love that you're saying that because often, in particular with my recordings, um, I, I get lumped into the category of ambient music or soundscape or spa music. And though, though generally those types of music or those, those genres are meant to be sort of faded in, in the background, and, and that's not what what this is these these sounds and these compositions are designed to be listened to so i appreciate you sharing that experience oh yeah absolutely it surprised me and i think it's like i said it's, it's what's worth like you said rather it's worth mentioning because it is a different experience than just background music it's not elevator music <laughs> it's something to pay attention to <laughs> yeah um and my final question for you is i'm just very curious if you can share whether it's a personal one or some that you've heard um, from people experiencing your um, classes, is what is the most transformative experience you've had or that you've watched someone else have? Wow. 
You can take your time. <laughs> think on that. <laughs> the response and feedback that I receive from people uh, around their experiences of sound just continue to to blow me away. From you know those that woman who felt that she regained hearing in one year to um, insomniacs who feel like they were able to sleep for the first time deeply um, to people who felt like they were visited from, from a loved one who's, who's passed. Uh, It really ranges and it's all very powerful. Just as something as simple as I've tried meditating a thousand times and this time I feel like I actually did it. (laughs) that's a big one that's a big one yeah (laughs) so yeah like I said you know stairs stairs versus elevator (laughs) yeah exactly and do you have any final thoughts or advice for people who are like okay I've got to try this first class first experience any advice so number one know who you're going to you know, any any human person would read a review of a restaurant before they went, uh, have an understanding of the person who's facilitating the sound experience uh, before you go. And, you know, aside from that, also go with an open mind, knowing that 100% you are a person with free will. And should you be uncomfortable or not like it for any reason, you can get up and leave. So, so that's, that's what I would say. And, you know, just to, to do the research, to feel comfortable asking questions if you have them and and to just be open-minded. I love it. Well, Sarah, this has been really, really helpful. I think this gives people a nice little snapshot of what this is. And um, we're definitely going to play a sample of your work as well, because I know it is some of the best out there, if not the best. So I really appreciate you, uh, you coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, definitely dying to know what you thought of this episode and what you think of sound baths in general. Uh, I know if we were together, I would seriously be signing us up for a sound bath right now because I found it super, super relaxing. I actually, like I said, I went on Sarah's um, SoundCloud and I was just like, man, this is is lovely. So I'm curious to hear what you think too. Um, For me personally, one of my biggest takeaways was that I never really thought to consider sound as a sense that's equally interesting as taste or smell or touch, but it totally is. We can access similar nuance and emotion and beauty when we savor sound, just like we do when we have a delicious meal or when we get a really great massage. So yeah, I mean, what about you? What was your biggest aha moment? Anything in particular that you learned or that you feel like you can take away? For more of Sarah and to get more of her work, head to sarahoster.com. That's S-A-R-A. A-U-S-T-E-R.com. You can get digital downloads of her album there or even get it on vinyl. You'll be able to see where to find her music on SoundCloud and where she's bringing her sound baths to studios near you in the events section. All right, so that's all from me for today. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And remember, if you liked this episode or any of the ones I've ever put out, please take a moment to rate us in iTunes and subscribe because it really, really helps and 
goes a long way. Thanks again for joining me. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you right back here next time.